This is Line Dance Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barsoya and Christopher Gonzalez. Today we are looking at some dances that we've danced in the month of February 2021. Uh, this playlist specifically is coming to us from the 4th when we went to Magnolia Park, which is very close to Sonoma State University, where we've done Sonoma State Line Dance Club, uh, as well as Rona Park Senior Center. It's at least in the same city where we've talked about uh, Dolly's class. So just a, a local place where we know we can do some outdoor dancing. Any context before we jump right in? Uh, not really. I mean, I guess I can just say that it's a local park that we have found to have a nice location and it's outdoors and we can bring your speaker and connect bluetooth and just have a, a decent little time yeah uh we recently broke down a playlist of dances we did on the 18th of january and since that was pretty close in time to this date that we're discussing today uh, there are no repeats. We decided to just kind of see what was on our playlist uh, options uh, list and select from there and say, oh, yeah, I haven't done this in a while. Oh, I don't know if we still remember this. So you're going to be hearing about a whole bunch of new dances. Well, all their dances in this case, but you'll see what we mean. First one is, go ahead. I was going to say it's a new list of dances. Yes. Hot Tamales by Neil Hale. This is a Baria classic dance. What are your thoughts on hot tamales? Well, I am sure that our wonderful listeners have heard me at one point or another rave about hot tamales and why I learned it in the first place. But just in case you're new and this is your first episode, I'll go ahead and reshare it because I love Michelle Burton. So we are at... Palm Springs at this moment I think it was not winter break I don't think Michael and Michelle owned it at this point I think it was still Russ and Gloria so I don't remember what it was called prior to Palm Springs line dance event <laughs> all right there you go uh, and Joe Thompson Zemanski was teaching hot tamales junior on stage and I was in the back of the room with Michelle Burton and we were she was talking about how she loved the original we were also talking that event about their boogie till the cows come home event up in Corning California and we myself and Christopher were invited to come and join them for the weekend to have some fun at boogie till the cows come home so after learning that and having great conversation with Michelle, I decided that it was really, really important since this is one of her favorite dances that I needed to get on the ball and learn it. Come to find out that it's, you know, got all this history because it's from the legendary Neil Hale. It stems from the Bay Area. All of our Bay Area dance uh, groups actually love this one and they dance it all the time they have their own fun corks and call outs and styles that they do and I recently actually I think oh I can't remember who shared it but somebody shared a video of Michelle Burton dancing with the I believe it was the Derringer dancers 
and um, on Facebook. And so I got to watch a very wonderful video with a lot of different moves and styling. And oh, it's yes, I love this dance. It is fun, energetic. It's it's interesting because like I wouldn't have necessarily thought that the song itself would make me happy. But I think with all the other associations with it, when I hear the song, I just get excited. So I definitely will be keeping this one very, very current in my memory for a very long time. Yeah, this one definitely has a lot of pep. I also enjoy our local call outs to it. And I think this is another example of dances that have some wonkiness to them. I mentioned when we broke down our previous playlist that earlier in the day of Lion Dance, there would be patterns and things that you might not see now that maybe are asymmetrical, uh, generally unusual, like, huh, I wouldn't have thought to do a a turn in that that fashion, like in Trust Me, where you have the turning shuffles. Uh, Hot Tamales has definitely got some unusual patterns. And it starts out normally enough like a kickball change and then a Monterey and a Monterey and Monterey and woo, swivet. Um, but like the whole shimmy, turning a half over your shoulder, shaking dice looking thing, um, the slapping leather bit, there's some weird stuff in here that is so unique that you just can't, you can't just lift that bit and put it in a new da- uh, a new dance the way, you know, sometimes you'll see... Um, maybe with like a hip hop dance these days, uh, there'll be four counts somebody else likes and and say, Oh wow. Yeah. I'll I'll build around that for, you know, a a new 32 count dance I'm doing. And, um, this, this is one of those very distinctive dances. You really just can't do that with. Um, I would definitely recommend it as one of the dances to learn. uh, If you're into like line dance history, there are some, like poetry in motion, have fun, go mad. Others that we've we've talked about. Uh, maybe also if you're if you're looking at more like the country scene, uh, a walk and wazzy dances that we still do around here and that are just kind of sort of culturally significant. Um, so if nothing else, worth learning to have learned it. I resisted it for a while um, when I was crossing over. You might say from uh, learning bar dances to learning event dances, um, just because you know. I was at that point when I thought I knew I knew all these bar dances, so I, I know line dancing, of course. And then people would say, "Oh, well, you got to learn this one or that one." I remember "Have Fun, Go Mad" was another one I, I resisted, not because I had seen the dance or had any thoughts about the dance itself, but just because I was told, "Well, you've got to know this one." Well, I'll learn it in my own time. I think "Hot Tamales" actually does stand up as a fun dance worth dancing for its own merits, and uh, and yes, also for the cultural significance, it is worth picking up. Uh, also, just to give some folks overall context, we have about 21 dances on this playlist, and that uh, averages about two, you know, three or so minutes per dance. So uh, for those keeping score at home and saying, oh, oh they're getting ahead, oh, they're getting behind now, uh, that that's where we are. Up next is another Bay Area classic. This is a Charlotte Skeeter's dance, River of Dreams. So I certainly like this one. It's got a few fun patterns. I think that turning shuffly box business is probably one of my favorite parts, as well as the snapping bits that increase each time. But I know that you actually thoroughly enjoy this one, so I think I'm just going to pass the mic off to you. 
I do enjoy this one. Um, the the snappy tag uh, that repeats and adds counts multiple times is definitely unique. Um, I like how symmetrical and structured the dance is, so it's very easy to follow if you're just trying to pick it up um, on the floor. I'm, I'm thinking there really isn't a whole lot of uh, breakage in the symmetry until just like the last few counts um, because you know, you're starting with your your rocky bit at the beginning and then you're doing the turn and the the thing that the turns make me think of uh, is Michael Michael puts a lot of those like looking over this way looking over that way stuff um, in his dances and being a Bay Area dancer uh, as he was for so long with with boots and buckles uh, I can kind of imagine him at events doing River of Dreams. I think we might have seen him do this at um, Boogie. And, and and that's what I think of when when we do like the turning this way, turning that. And that's a pattern that you see later in boots, uh, in, in dances like boots, syncopated rhythm, uh, which I guess would be an older dance. But uh, you know, here it, it, it has the distinctiveness of feeling like Michael is doing it. Uh, it, it. It puts you in like a feel good state, at least for me it does. And, it's not necessarily like a bar crossover dance. You wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily think to dance this at a bar because it's a Billy Joel song, and it's not like a huge event dance um, the way you know Dizzy gets everyone out onto the floor. But when you do dance it, especially in the Bay Area, I think it feels like something special. Next up, uh, hey, speaking of Michael, uh, Michael has one of his own dances listed on here uh, with Gerard Murphy and Frank Trace. This is I wanna was a competition dance, I believe, uh, among the professional teams at Windy City uh, Line Dance Mania. What are your thoughts on I Wanna? I want to dance it. <laughs> uh, so there's a few things with this one. Uh, I will honestly admit that the first time I was exposed to this dance, I just didn't, I didn't understand its significance. I didn't get it. Like, it was fun. It was cute to watch. And the more I watched it, well, most specifically Marcy and Lisa from the Bay Area dance it, the more I kind of wanted to get in on this fun. And I remember where I was when I learned it. I was actually standing outside a dance studio in Washington in October of 2017 because we had decided to take a weekend and fly up for one of Amy Glass Bailey's so one of her last socials up in Washington and we were killing time and we were in the lobby area going over it so I, I definitely remember that I remember being really really excited the next time I got to dance it with Marcy and Lisa because those two they pretty much make this dance their own hands down they have too too much fun dancing it and absolutely love it but just this last watch well, it just this last it's now a whole year later um the last palm springs winter break gerard murphy was actually on staff and so, of course, Michael Barr, Jared Murphy's out there dancing, and I was so excited that I finally got to be a part of the Cool Kids Club, as I like to refer to it occasionally, and be a part of the memory and the enjoyment of the dance with the choreographers. It was a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoy this one. 
it does occasionally uh, trip me up near the, I guess say the second half ending bit with the sailors and the turnings and then the rock. I every once in a while I'll forget which wall I'm supposed to end up on uh, when I first start the dance, but it only takes a wall or two for me to remember what I'm actually supposed to be doing. So uh, it just means I should dance it more often. This this dance exists uh, in terms of patterns in an in-between place for me of like old school, you can't get away with those kinds of uh, patterns anymore because they were just making things up as they went, you know, back in like the 90s versus like, oh, uh, let's just throw a bunch of complicated hands and whatnot um, in from like the 2000s. This is, a, this is like footwork-wise kind of old school because it like has a lot of old, old um, small patterns, but the way they put them all together is very unusual. And I... I think this one is kind of sold on the fun aspect. Like to, you, you learn this because it looks fun because everyone around you is is dancing it and and it's enjoyable. Um, pattern wise, I don't think I would have the easiest time trying to follow it. Um, and musically, though, I mean, it, it's carried along by just the sentiment of "I want to dance." Like it's hard to go wrong with an upbeat song specifically about dancing. So if you go to an event, you see people enjoying it. I'd recommend going home, learning it, and maybe getting it the next time. Uh, next up is a quickie. This is Sugar Sugar by Doug Miranda. I first was exposed to this at the Davis Graduate, uh, as I recall. Uh, kind of an unlikely dance for uh, a country bar, a university country bar, uh, to be dancing regularly. But it was such a cute song. That's where I had heard the song um, more regularly than I would have on like an oldie station. Uh, and eventually I ended up learning it because it looked followable. Uh, these days I mostly dance, uh, sugar by Amy Christian to the same song. Cause I have a senior group that enjoys that dance. Uh, but every once in a while I like to dance Doug's, uh, cause it's got simple patterns. You don't have to think too hard about them. Kind of reminds me of, uh, Joe Thompson Smansky's Rose Garden in that way. And yeah, it's, it's just a, a fun, light, easy, good time. Yeah. This particular one, I know I had uh, danced earlier with you at your class um and so it was it was fun hearing the same song and being able to dance both of the dances to them at the same day um i liked this one because it's just a little bit more complicated than what i would classify as like an easy beginner dance because there is a little bit of tur- a couple turns in it that you know might have throw off a beginner beginner but someone who is like a solid beginner would be able to pretty much follow it and be able to pick it up at least by the end, I would I would assume at this point. Um, and it's just, it's fun. It's peppy. It's enjoyable. Love the track. And I look forward to potentially actually dancing it with Doug since honestly, I learned it most recently, I think, uh two floridas ago now i think you taught it mm. so yeah it's it, it's it's relatively fresh in my inventory of dances so i'm looking forward to being able to enjoy that uh one other thing that i liked about it at the grad was that uh during the sugar uh you would hear the some of the students say da 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 and of course, I'm a sucker for cultural participation. Whenever you have, you have something you can all do, like clap or say something that isn't in the step sheet. So I think that that reeled me in as well. Uh, up next, we have Make It Sweet by uh, by Rachel McEnany-White. 
a super wholesome song by uh, Old Dominion. And uh, it goes off phrase a little bit uh, toward the end, but it's one of those dances where it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, it's not about the phrasing. It's about being carried along by these nice patterns. It, it hits throughout. What are your thoughts on Make It Sweet? This was one that I think I actually stumbled upon her teach video when I was looking for something to teach at Sonoma State University. And I wanted something with country because I had a couple we had a couple students at the time that really enjoyed their country music and a lot of the stuff that I was teaching was not country at the time so I was I like specifically went on a mission looking for anything country and I was looking through Rachel's teach videos on uh, Venmo Vimeo Vimeo there we go thank you uh and I really, really liked it, and it was cute. It was a fun song, so I decided to learn it. I ended up teaching it that night, and I've, I've just really, really enjoyed it ever since. There's, It's a Rachel dance, so there's some really simple patterns in it that make perfect sense, and then she'll break some combination so that it's not what you would expect but still very natural flowing and it's fun I love the like going around in a circle part that's really really enjoyable to me and uh, at the end like gosh I there's so much I could say about this dance my brain is going in overload to start it off with the lyrics are I know it's a drag I know it's a grind and she's Rachel, so she starts it off with a drag and a grind. So it's it's so hard to miss how this one starts. The ending has the fun little like half a rumba box to it. So that then like when you would be going backwards to complete the box, that's where it starts over and you get the drag part. And it's just it's so satisfying. And I'm almost disappointed that this didn't get more, I guess, like circulated is a good word for it because I really, really enjoy this one. So it was actually when we had danced it just a couple days ago or a week ago at this point, I'm really not sure. Uh, I made a mental note saying like, I want to reteach this when we go back into classes. I enjoy it too much. The song is too cute and I just, I, it needs to be taught more. And so I really want to teach this one again because I thoroughly enjoy it. And then to top it off, when you're able to go and see the band in concert and dance the dance, it was a fun moment for me. Up next, we have a quickie. This one's missing. And this one was a, a, a big hit at the time over in the UK when it uh, came out. And I think that's what originally attracted me to it. Um, I think it's a William Michael Montgomery song. I'll have to look that up to be sure. And I mean, dance-wise, it's... <sighs> I, I have to relearn little specifics about it because it feels like there are these two and four count patterns that, um, you know, they work and they stick together, but I wouldn't know exactly which parts are mixed around to which uh, others uh, until I've danced it a couple times. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then it ends with the cruising turn. Okay, we're fine. Um, but yeah, remembering the, the change of step for the restart. There, there are some tricky bits in this for sure. Like you'd want to actually learn this correctly the first time so you don't imprint on your guess, which probably happened to me at some point. Um, great song though. Super fun song. Harmless, uh, upbeat country. 
really can't go wrong with that. Uh, after that, or do, you, or do you have thoughts on Missy? Yeah. Go ahead. So just a, a quick note. One, absolutely in love with the track. The track is just one of those I could just play it in general. Two, this is one of those that here where we're at in our area, we just don't dance enough. So unfortunately... Like it doesn't always come to the forefront of our mind as, a, oh, we should dance this one. So I think that like in reality, if we had the the ability to remember that more frequently and dance it more often, it would hands down be just one of those that's just like, yeah, this is this feels good. It sounds good. I really, really enjoy it because it does even with us struggling to remember the bits and pieces that we hadn't danced in over a year. Uh, I just looked it up, and it's William Michael Morgan. William Michael Morgan is the singer of this track, Missing, and of course the choreographer is Miss Heather Barton. All right, up next we have Made in the Shade, and you probably have more stories about this one than I do, uh, considering we learned it twice from both of the choreographers, Joe Thompson Zmanski and Rachel McEnany-White. Take it away. Again, I love the song. So that that are that immediately already was like, okay, let let's see what we got. And then you had the fact that it's Joe Thompson Zemanski and Rachel McEnany White. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Done. Sign me up. So we actually got to learn this at one of the Palm Springs events in which Joe was teaching. And it was a blast to actually learn it and dance it. I believe this is actually the one that we have the 360 video of. Uh, I believe it's on your YouTube, if I'm not mistaken. And it, I just remember this one part where I was standing at one point next to you and Michael, and Joe like moved us around a little bit, and she made the joke. She goes, "See, even even in this kind of situation, I'm I'm choreographing." So that really stuck out in my mind. And then just a few months later, we were able to take it from Rachel McEnany White, and that was at Northwest Line Dance Blast. And it was so interesting that I got this opportunity so close together that I was able to see how Joe teaches the same footwork that Rachel teaches and the difference in their styles and how they explain things and how they describe movements. And it just goes to show how two people can come up with brilliant choreography and have a totally different vision of how to explain it to people and the parts that like maybe they want to emphasize a little bit more than the other and it was so fun because I felt like I got like the most complete teach by taking it not only twice but by each choreographer so that's one of the things that taught me really early on in my dance student career is that it doesn't matter how often I've learned the dance. It's always going to be beneficial to take the instruction from one, if not multiples, of the choreographers. Uh, it occurs to me we had some sort of a, a wholesome vibe going on because we're going from sugar, sugar, where he's talking about sugar, honey, you are my candy girl, and you got me wanting you. And then you have make it sweet, where it's saying life is short, make it sweet. Uh, missing is just, you know, I, I like to go get lost in the world. And, you know, that one's kind of neutral. But then we have Made in the Shade where they're saying there's all this great stuff, uh, <laughs> you know, love and you, you can't get that with money and stuff like that. Then the next couple on our list are uh, Ain't Nothing Better by mm, Christopher Gonzalez and Megan Versilia, uh, where they're listing off all these great things about life and saying it don't get better than that. And then I Came to Love You, uh, which is, I believe, by Alexander Ryback, where he's singing... Uh, 
that uh, you know this person's so amazing and I came to love you and that's what I'm gonna do. So first, ain't nothing better. Uh, stories, go for it. <laughs> we choreographed this for a competition. Mm. I believe it was the USLDC competition. And I know that I really enjoyed this song and I remember trying to explain something that I wanted to do in a particular part and I couldn't like form the thought of like what exactly the footwork needed to be. And I described it to you as I need some footy bits here. <laughs> That's what I need right here. And he goes, okay. And you helped come up with something that I just felt like was perfect with that went with the lyrics. We kind of like you added something and then I tweaked it and then you tweaked it again. And it was just in my head I can't tell you which part of the choreography would be yours versus mine because I think we just kept adding on like step by step almost and like just tweaking it ever so often and then the other person would go back and tweak it more so like it just kind of came to be and then I just love our story from uh, Dancing Up a Storm and if you haven't heard that it is we were out teaching because John Robinson was amazing and offered us an opportunity out there and this song came on and this group of people is dancing this dance as you and I are like off to the corner going hey you remember when we used to have a dance to this and then we were trying to remember it and then all of a sudden we look out and we're like wait a minute that's our dance <laughs> And so we went out and joined them. And uh, yeah, that's, I think that's one of the reasons why we, it's kind of popped itself back into the forefront of our mind is it's been a while and we were like, hey, you know, we really enjoyed this dance and I don't think it got enough of its time in the sun. So yeah. Uh, dance wise, I like where it hits uh, things like rolling, where he says rolling, we do like a weird version of a rolling vine. Uh, and then he has a, a sustained note, so we have a long step out to the side. And then uh, you have the rock and toe turns. They say something about the toe. Uh, so we have a toe, and then we turn to the right. And then uh, after that, we have the crushing cans, where you have a scuff and a big step down. And then the little nitty-gritty does this like fun in-out with the heels. And then when you rock and turn, and they, start, they sing about the music full blast, you're doing this very uplifted spiral uh, and the you know the tags make sense. It's just a rock side shuffle, rock side shuffle, so you don't have to think about it too much. And they're both at the front wall. Uh, admittedly, if I don't dance this for like a year, I'll probably forget a lot a lot of it. Yeah. But when it comes back, it feels good, and it feels right in the sense of like, oh, that does hit nicely. Way to go, whoever choreographed that, you crazy people who put steps together that we couldn't remember the first time through. <laughs> but eventually, eventually, it hits really nicely in the body. Uh, after that, we have I Came to Love You by Gary O'Reilly. Uh, nice, structured, uh, you know, things happen in eights or sixteens, uh, kind of a dance. And uh, as I mentioned, very positive message, just very cute, romantic um, love song. And while I do have to remind myself how a couple of the restarts work, I mean, a couple of them are, are easier um, not a whole lot of thought to him, but then like there's this one after the instrumental where you're like, oh, now now this is the different restart. There is that which kind of interrupts like the mental and body flow, but uh, it's just so much looseness that you can do with like the sailors that continue on, the lock steps that continue on, the the step tap turn turn step. 
step, there's just little cute stuff. It's a very cute overall dance. So if you don't mind your dances being a little bit longer count-wise and having some complications like restarts, um, to get to that cuteness, definitely pick this one up, in my opinion. Any thoughts before we go on to the next one? That I need to practice this one more because when I went to dance it with you, I didn't remember hardly any of it. But that's to be fair because I only just recently learned it, like, I don't know, two or three months prior to lockdown. So I haven't really had a chance to keep it. Um, or at least I haven't seized opportunities to keep it. So I definitely need to practice this one more because the song is just too cute. And like you were saying, like there is some really, really satisfyingly cute uh, moments in the dance that just match the song perfectly. All right, here's a quickie as we reach the halfway point in our list. This is Silk and Satin by Evelyn Canoe. It's an, this is, I think, one of those examples of... Uh, an older dance having patterns that you probably wouldn't see today that I probably wouldn't come up with on my own. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're time-honored steps that I guess at the time swept the world. They still dance this in Australia, um, the Bay Area. And, of course, the, the Bay Area and Australia had a, a relationship uh, in the 90s uh, due to people traveling back and forth. So this is something they can kind of bond over. I like the song. For me, one of the, the, the best parts of this for me is hearing that song, uh, Eddie Raven singing Island. Eddie Raven's the same singer uh, that does Zydeco Lady. And if you're dancing this in the Bay Area, when they say, I can hear you calling, you might hear people shouting out, Evelyn, because she's the choreographer of the dance. Uh, and I, I, I very much enjoy when I'm in my car, just hitting all those baritone notes that Eddie Raven does. The dance comes along for the ride when there is dancing to be had of it. Um, any thoughts from you on Silk and Satin? I just can't begin to say how grateful I am that we have the history that we do in the Bay Area and that something like Silk and Satin is a part of that because it is an enjoy enjoyable dance. There is a few, I don't want to say weird, but um weight changes or lack thereof that with how much I've been dancing in the bars to begin with and now the more current dances although this list would not tell you that um there's some interesting patterns that like every once in a while I have to remind myself oh no no, no you don't actually step here it's like you hook or some, something like that where it's not necessarily where I would originally think, but when it goes with the song and then it, there's room to play in the dance and there's room to kind of like add a little extra turn here and there, it's just, it's a lot of fun and I love that it's part of our line dance history. Syncopated rhythm. I immediately think of John Robinson, Jill Babinek, lots of ups and downs. Um, and there's truly syncopation. Your thoughts? This is one of those that I don't know how, if it was choreographed today, the world would receive it. Hmm. And that makes me grateful for it being choreographed when it was, because it is so much fun. It's, like you said, like I think of John Robinson and Jill for sure because I've seen them messing around um, dancing this one. I think I've seen Derek Steele messing around with this one too. 
and it's just kind of fun it's enjoyable to do some of the up down motion in the opposite of people it's i mean there's a lot of movement in it and the the song is just fun i mean like i've enjoyed it uh, i'm grateful that i was able to learn it when i did because i've had multiple opportunities to dance it and have enjoyed pretty much every single one of them um this is for me paired uh, as a sister dance with hold your horses uh, as they tend to show up uh, at around the same time within about the same half hour late at night especially if john robinson is dancing at that event because i think he enjoys the the showcase that can be brought out from these two tracks with all of the associated steps uh the dance was choreographed by rob fowler and uh, michelle fowler and I think when we saw Rob at uh, Vegas Dance Explosion, it was not played. I think I may have requested it, but it just didn't come up when he was in the room. Uh, one day I would like to dance it with him. And also, as I mentioned earlier, this is one of those dances that has the like shuffle, turn a half shuffle, turn a quarter shuffle, turn a half shuffle that you see in, uh, in dances you know, like uh, Boots or River of Dreams. And I think it's also in somewhere in my car which we may or may not get to later in this list up next we have pink champagne and i'll bet you have some thoughts about pink champagne i have one toward the end (laughs) so this dance was actually my very first rachel lesson it was in windy city and I remember I was a few minutes late because my body had not yet adjusted to the time change. And when I came in, I was towards the back of the room and I ended up dancing next to Maurice Rowe. And it was just, it was a lot of fun, that class. And it just makes me so eternally grateful that we have someone like Rachel in our line dance family and history and currently present because she is a genius the dance is fun the song is fun there's movements that just you want to dance them and she gives you the opportunity to do so the fun part with a big big bubble butt I mean come on how do you I mean how do you not dance that and you know act it out a little bit more there is actually, I've danced it enough now that there's room that I found to like add extra little steps um, and also, you know, extend the counts a little bit more. And it's just been a lot of fun being able to play with this one as long as I have. And I absolutely adore it. So thank you a million times over, Miss Rachel. Back in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I second the genius comment with how this one hits. If you ever need a cheat, as I mentioned in the previous playlist breakdown with Die a Happy Man, um, think of the chorus. When you don't remember how the steps go during the first verse, play the chorus in your head because it hits perfectly. When you dance the dance to the chorus, you will just you'll be done for like steps and music. You think, okay, no one else can have a version. This is this is the dance. It it hits too well. Uh, there are some dances that are like that, where you if you hear a song, and let's and this happens with country bars all the time, if you hear a song on the radio and you look up online to see are there dances for it, and there, there are 35 of them for like Can't Stop the Feeling or whatnot, you'll find that different ones hit in different places 
and you know, cumulatively, maybe they all would have made one great dance. This one is like one and done. I think she was just absolutely on the money with this dance for that song, especially during the chorus. Uh, then we have next up, Do Your Thing with the hands. I believe this was uh, Max Perry, Kathy Hanyadi, Barry, and Darianne Amato. I tend to think of Florida Line Dance Classic uh, when, when I dance this. Um, I remember dancing the floor away with this dance um, in Florida, I think. And originally we learned this because of, uh, in a way, Miss Joe Thompson Szymanski and a trip we took to Vegas Dance Explosion. Thoughts from Megan to elaborate. There is so many thoughts on this one. This is one of those that I'm so, ah, gosh, okay. Real quick, I am grateful for the knowledge and the history and the relationship that Louis St. George and Joe Thompson Zemanski have because they've been doing this as long as they have. Because when we were at Vegas, there was the Sunday night where I, I can only describe it as Louis gets to play. <laughs> and because there's not as many people there and because everybody's pretty much flying home for their work week. And so he just kind of gets to bust out all of this history. And it's the night that I look forward to the most when it comes to learning what I have not been exposed to. So he'll pull out all these kind of things. And at one point, Joe was walking around like flapping her hands back and forth saying, I want to do this one, this one, (laughs) you know. And Louis was like, I don't think anybody knows that one. So you and I like, we're on a mission. Like, how dare Joe not get to dance the dance she wants to dance because nobody knows it. So I was like, Louie, what is that dance? I need to know it before I see her next, like in two weeks in Florida. And we seriously went out. We learned it. And then we got to dance it in Florida Line Dance Classic with her. And it kind of stuck around. I know it hit had another like big wave again. Like people were learning it and we were playing it pretty regularly because we had not seen it up until that point. And I remember playing at one point with John where we ran out one ballroom doorway and came back in another one. And like we were just having so much fun with this dance over the several different events that we were able to dance it to. I do remember the dancing the floor away now that you bring it up. And it... For a dance that's supposed to travel the way it does, it is quite a t- uh, talent to do it on a little teeny tiny square with like a full floor in that sense, packed in like sardines. I know at one point we like kind of just kind of went in circles and went like stepped in place and then like jumped around and then stepped in place and then jumped around the other way. So yes, a lot of fun. Again, I don't know how this dance would be received if it was choreographed today, but I'm so grateful that it was choreographed when it did and that we were exposed to it the way and when we were. Uh, Next up, we have AK Freak by... Oh, yeah, I guess I said everything I needed to do about uh, Do Your Thing earlier. Uh, AK Freak is by Guyton Mundy and Rachel McEnany-White. Don't let the eight and one count at the beginning scare you. Uh, nor the head turn or knee bit or shoulder bit or various other, what I'm assuming were um, at least 51% Guytonisms in there. Um, there is so much in this dance that hits well. I love the, the track. I like the woo-woo uh, that I you know, think about when we're dancing this at JC events, uh, JC Dance Productions. And uh, I would attribute the JC events for... Um, 
to I, I would I would give uh, the JC events the most credit for why I even know this dance exists. A lot of them dance this over there and they have fun with it. I heard it. I love those piano chords that open bum but um and uh, I'm glad that I took the time I needed to really get all the little tricky bits down at a time when I was not 100% on dances with tricky bits. Uh, especially the last like eight counts with the kickball change and the jazzy thing. There's some there's some weird stuff in there, but um, it's too fun to sit out of more than once. If you sit it out the first time, watch everyone like it, you'll want to do it by the next time. So take that time is my recommendation for AK Freak. I remember learning this with the step sheet, very, very new to the game of step sheets, mind you. As I was helping, I was one of the uh, key hold positions at All American Sports Fan, which is a teeny tiny sports memorabilia shop in the local mall. And there's a bunch of like clothing racks all in the floor. And like, so like finding this little nook in which I could attempt to dance this dance was quite entertaining from an outspect outsider's perspective for sure um it is one that i'm grateful that i took the time to learn because it does get played at a lot of events i have a lot of fun with it the, the lyrics can get fun there's there's a spot where they talk about going down low there's a, a spot where they talk about backing it up slowly um Anytime they have like the word freak in it, I like to be all weird. And so I really, really actually enjoy this one. It doesn't typically get the credit it deserves when I talk about it. Um, and I think that's simply because of the fact is you love it so much. So I know that it's getting its credit. So I don't feel like I need to add too much more. But all in all, I actually very much enjoy this dance. And I do look forward to any time I get to dance it. Uh, Somewhere in My Car is up next by Rachel McEnany White. Goes well with the music. You can dance this in a country bar. You can dance this at an event, maybe, if Rachel's there and more than three other people know it. Um hashtag line dance experience at Nashville. Um, it's emotional. It, it, it's a sad kind of a love song uh, where he's imagining this previous love. So you may feel that aspect of it when you're dancing it. Uh, there are some patterns in it that, you know, establish and then they break. Uh, there's the shuffling bit. There's a nice uh, moment where you do kind of a body roll if you'd like for the the shirt um, in the lyrics. It does have some odd, uh, like the syncopated jazz box is a little tricky. You'll have to remember that, remember that there's a restart. You'll have to remember that it's the version of the song with the long intro. Um, but if you, if you start f uh, finding yourself playing the song on loop just for whatever reason, and you also enjoy line dance, do those two things together because I... I saw this on YouTube however long ago and didn't think to learn it. I didn't see it danced anywhere. But when I started getting into the song more, and I thought, okay, I guess I'll finally just you know get up and learn it, it was worth it. So this is a dance to learn if you want something to dance that hits really nicely for this particular song by Keith Urban. So I might be low-key obsessed with Keith Urban. So I might have been 
low-key excited when you brought this into club. So you brought this in and taught it at Sonoma State Line Dance Club. And I remember the the students at the time were having a blast taking the lesson from you. They were really, really enjoying like pushing their comfort level, but also really enjoying some of the familiarity of the steps. And it became one of our students' absolute favorites. And so it got requested on the regular, which was really nice because it gave me the opportunity to really make sure it was in my system. And I thoroughly enjoy how some of the movements hit, how, again, she starts off with a pattern, but then she'll break it. She'll start off with that same kind of shuffle turning business that we've been referencing this whole episode where you start one way and you turn a half and then you turn a quarter, but that's not exactly what happens in this one because Rachel has to make something new with, from something familiar. Mm-hmm. So I, yes, I just love it. I also, there's the part right before the end where you'll end up turning to the side hold and then you touch it's like, I don't know what it is about that moment in the track with that moment of the dance that just feels good every single time. And I just love it. I agree. Up next is a relative quickie for me. This is a Deja Vu by J.P. Potter. Most of the dance is one, two, cha-cha-cha, three, four, etc. Um, hits nicely with the song. I was never really a Mandy Moore person myself when all the pop... Uh, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, etc. were releasing songs. Uh, but it is a very cute song for what it is, for, for being a pop song. What this one uh, also has that I think really helps it is the distinctive opening. Um, if you're able to remember how all the patterns connect after that, uh, it, it all just kind of flows. Um, having that distinct opening makes it easier to tell somebody, this is the one where you do this, just like we've mentioned before, uh, that Rachel likes to do. Um uh, Maybe share it with your beginner class. You don't see it a whole lot out in the wild at events, but maybe if you ask JP really nicely, he'll dance it with you. Uh, I'd recommend it. Yeah, this this one has been on the list to learn for a while before I was able to actually seek the opportunity to do so. And I think it ended up, I ended up like really rushing and like asking you and begging you basically to teach it real, real quick before it comes on because it was going to be played at an event and JP was actually going to get out and dance it. And I was like, oh my God, you got to teach me it real, real quick. And so I remember dancing it in between tables and I am very, very grateful that you took that uh, few moments to go through it with me because then I got to get on the floor and play too with everybody else. And I just, I love the fact that I had no clue with JP specifically that he did things other than DJ because like that was the role that I had come into the scene that he had done. So then when I found out that he had like, I don't know, award-winning dances and all and he used to instruct and all of that fun stuff. And yeah, it was a lot of fun to be able to share that moment with him. So I'm grateful for you and for him. Uh, up next is Domino by Rachel McEnany White, another dance that hits very well for the music. The first 32 counts flow so well that I almost never have to even think about them. They just kind of happen. Um, then just past the midpoint, I get a little confused sometimes after I do the feet switchy bit. 
which I mentioned, uh, is in other dances such as Just Keep Fallen. We, we talked about that in the playlist breakdown of the last one. Um, then sometimes I forget, is it like Sailor Step, Pine and Cross, or is it Pine and Cross? And then, and then I get a little confused. But then after that, there's the nice bit where you're running back, and, and that's reference. You, you, you do like a back lock step when you're running back. And then you do the posing, which Rachel in her demo looks like she's having so much fun doing. And then you want to do it, you know, and then it hits nicely with the lyrics. Um, solid dance overall, and I'm glad... Uh, that even though I enjoyed the le- the dance we learned at Mavericks in Santa Rosa to the song uh, Domino, I'm, gl- I'm glad that uh, while I did have that for the first part of my journey with this track, uh, that Rachel's dance was able to carry it the rest of the way to date. Yes, I was actually uh, planning on mentioning that there was an initial dance that I had learned that was danced at our local bar, and I loved that dance. That was one of my favorites to dance at the bar every time. I would request it all the time and just really, really enjoyed it. And when I came on to, I'm going to say, the scene of Wine Country Line Dance events with their Sunday socials, and they played this, I was like, what is this? There's another dance to it? That was kind of when my mind started realizing that there's more dances than just the ones I was exposed to, to the same song. And the problem is the other one that I knew was so ingrained in my body that I couldn't even attempt to follow Rachel's at the time. So I had to take like a good long chunk of time before I was able to actually be like, okay, I think I've forgotten 90% of the other dance So as long as I don't attempt to do the other dance at all, I won't recall any of it. So now's the opportunity to jump on Rachel McEnany White's Domino. And I'm so glad I did because it just feels so good. It's fun. And I was actually pleasantly surprised at how much I remembered at just this last Florida line dance classic in 2020 because one, I hadn't danced the dance in almost a year and then Rachel's out on the floor and I'm like, oh great, now I get to make a fool of out of myself dancing a Rachel dance right next to her. Awesome! But no, because it's her choreography, it was like almost all right there. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Up next we have Somewhere With You by Junior Willis and Scott Schrank. And this one's kind of like deja vu in that it hits a nice sweet spot between uh, a lot of basic patterns that flow together really nicely and then one little bit that's kind of different, just like a a little eight count of, hmm, what's going on there? Um, The first half of this dance, solid. You don't really have to think about it too much. Not at all difficult to follow, which is nice because then, you know, when the restart happens, you're not totally thrown off. Uh, In the second half, I sometimes need to remind remind myself there's a mambo here. It doesn't feel like there would be a mambo with this style of music, but there's a mambo there. So that kind of stops you for a moment. And then after you've done uh, the first four counts there, then you have a step turning uh, left uh, quarter turn. And you're like, wait a second. So this isn't like the walk, walk, step, turn, cross from the beginning. This is a step turn. It's similar, but it's different. And then the last eight, I've just seen everyone do differently because there's so much personality you can put in in that big dramatic somewhere with you before you know the next phrase of music begins. Um, it, it's got enough room to play so that you can really hit all the notes in the syncopation. 
Um, and it also has enough structure so you don't get completely lost. I love doing this one and kind of freestyling on it the way we do with like Have Fun Go Mad Poetry in Motion when they play this late at night. Agreed. I love the structure or I sometimes refer to it as the bones of the dance where it just works really, really well as it's originally written, but there's still room to style it up or modify a couple moments in it that allows each individual dancer to really kind of own the dance for themselves and connect to it like that. And I know that there's there's definitely a few parts in the dance that I I will switch up in how exactly I dance it, but I'm still like obviously holding to the structure of it. And there's just something about it when I'm on the floor. I do feel like I'm almost gliding as I'm dancing it. And I like the almost push and pull feeling of it. And I feel like that almost goes along with the story that's happening too. So I very, very much enjoy this one. And I completely understand as to why it would be considered a staple. Uh, this one's sort of a quickie for me. We we taught this at Sonoma State Line Dance Club a, a little while back. Mm-hmm. Diane by Kate Sala. I 100% learned this for the song. I could not stop playing the song in the car and like, singing along. And props to Kate Sala for phrasing this to the structure of music that Cam created. Um, it's a 62-count dance by necessity. Uh, Part A is nice and normal and fits normal verses. The chorus, though, has like extra few counts thrown in just because that's the way the music is. And Kate Sala just went right along with that and added counts to fit it. Uh, I will probably forever need a quick walkthrough of this every time I dance it for the first time uh, that I've danced it in a little while. But it'll be worth it if I'm singing along with it in my head. So, I wish that we had a video recording of you teaching this dance because of your analogies sometimes that just come out of what appears to be thin air but are so on the money. And there's that part where you step touch behind and then like you go the other way and step touch behind and then like you're describing it as like a butterfly or something like that with like antennas and here are the wings and like for whatever reason I can't forget that part ever because of that analogy so props to you on that one but this is definitely I agree with you I love the song and it is weird phrasing and there is a few steps that I am not used to but can be learned when it comes to this dance um, I'm not used to like shuffling and kickball forward and then like shuffling and it's just it's an interesting or like not even a kickball it's like just like a little kick and you keep shuffling and so it took me a minute the first time I was learning to really get that in my body but it still works really well with the dance and it's interesting because I remember we hadn't danced it in a while and when we were dancing this one I was like no 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 I remember we start on that wall next or, or like the the part B starts on that wall and so like obviously like there's enough in it that I was able to learn it and like remember which wall B was supposed to happen on so that's when we were like okay let's look at the step sheet real real quick because it's been over a year and a half since we danced this so 
definitely worth it for its unique and interesting uh, phrasing. Not a ton to say about this next one. This is Summer Wind by Joe Thompson Smansky. Originally learned it because John O. Lieberman had requested to dance it with Joe on a Sunday, and there were just a few of them out on the floor. I saw that, and of course, I love Frank Sinatra and, and this song, so I, I thought, well, if, if there's going to be room on the floor, I should learn it for next time. Uh, a lot of standout moments in this uh, dance are the summer wind and close. Came blowing in and close. And it hits the, the music nicely there. And then the but sailor step behind and cross and cross the, during the bottom of the music. That is also very satisfying. And then at the end, um, you, you have the walking bit. Walk with me. So you have, of course, you've got to walk there. Um, it, it's, it's not excessively fast. Uh, it's a mellow track and dance. Um, you probably won't dance at a whole lot of places that I've seen, but if you just want to play the song in your kitchen and dance dance on the linoleum, perfect dance for that. You taught this to me at Worlds in San Francisco because they were playing a lot of really, I'm going to say obscure because that's how I would describe a lot of these um, dances that they were playing there that you just don't hear at our regular events that we attend unless there's something really special happening. And so I, I'd known that you had learned it prior. And then when they talked about wanting to dance it with Joe, because she was there, I was like, okay, uh, now is the time for you to teach it to me so that I can dance it too. And again, as usual suit, you are ever so patient with me and you indulge my crazy. Hey, we don't know this next dance. Can you teach this one to me? Um, next we have happy dance and I've seen it written as a happy dance. I've seen it also as just happy dance. We learned this, uh, I think partly at Ellen's class in Santa Rosa and also uh, at Boots and Buckles in Newark. And this one is 100% sold by the up, 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 but up, the, the sing-along portion of the chorus. It's an unusual dance in that it starts on the left leg. Uh, it's got a lot of unusual behind and cross, like syncopation stuff. Um, but if you are in that whole room and everyone's happy and they're all doing the up, 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 it's worth it. Uh, at least sit sit on the sidelines and sing along with everyone. I also like the little hip, 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 and then the skates toward the end. That That's fun. Also the boop in the background uh, sound effects. So in case anybody didn't catch that, this is definitely one of your happy dances. <laughs> yes, I remember learning it in Ellen's class and was eternally grateful for that and... I remember how much fun it was to dance it with everyone and just how much pure enjoyment you get out of the dance. So that helps me look forward to dancing it every time. Uh, I also want to mention this was by Jan Wiley. That is the choreographer of this this happy dance. Carrie Mouse has another happy dance uh, called Happy Dance, but uh, that that's a, a Carrie Mouse dance. Um, all right, well, we have a minute left. Do you have any thoughts about uh, these playlist breakdowns so far that we've been airing on linedancer-radio.com and which you can find at linedancepodcast.com? Um, ultimately, I just find it very interesting, the diverse collection that we have acquired so far of dances that we were coming to mind for whatever reasons. Now, some of them, I will admit, would have been played had we not been outside on concrete. 
So there is a little bit of adjustment due to that, which is why you won't necessarily see a lot of some like the smoother dances that require a lot of turning. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in yet again to Land Dance Podcast. This has been Christopher Gonzalez with Megan Marcelia. Until next time, we will see, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.